Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Steve Rizzo. He's the author of Motivate This, How to Start Each Day with an Unstoppable Attitude to Succeed Regardless of Your Circumstances. It's great to have you with us, Steve. It's great to be here. So first off, Motivate This. To what does this refer and why not Motivate That? The This uh, is about the reader. How motivated are you on any given day? Because um, it's so easy to stay motivated when things are going the way that you want. Sure. You can just get up and say, well, this is going to be a great day. But what happens if uh, you're confronted with a lot of challenges? You're really getting stressed out. Your business is starting to own you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're having some personal problems at home, divorce, uh, financial difficulties, health issues in the family. It's difficult not to take those problems to the workplace. And if you do, it's going to affect creativity and productivity. Sure. And I just got sick and tired of people saying, I just can't get motivated. I just, and the thing is, you can. Mm -hmm. It's just that you don't know that you can. Right. And, and that's why I wrote the book. It has seven strategies on how to start your day with an unstoppable attitude to succeed regardless of your circumstances. And it's amazing because the, the book is also the name of the new program I have when I speak to groups. Mm -hmm. And when I tell people what the key is mm -hmm. to motivation, yeah. you, can, you can hear a pin drop. A motivation, talk about a beast. You know, this idea uh, of absolutely. staying motivated, remaining, sure, when things are going great, sure, it's easy to be motivated, exactly. but so many people, you got knocked down, and it's so much easier to focus on one bad thing than all the good stuff. Well, then the snowball effect happens. Of course. Then you enter the negative zone, and then you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, you know, what I want to know is, was this book written out of personal experience? Is that the genesis of Motivate This? Were you in a bad place where you had to you know, bring yourself back up? Yeah, um, I started off as a stand-up comedian. Uh, and I did stand-up comedy, headlined every club and theater throughout the country for 20-some-odd for years. And uh, my opening acts were Drew Carey and uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Dennis Miller and Chris Rock. And wow. I can keep, they opened for me. Wow. Exactly. And uh, as time was going on, I started noticing that these people started getting the big breaks. And why wasn't I? Mm. Why was an opportunity knocking on my door? And then uh, I came to the harsh reality that not opportunity was knocking the whole time. I was just afraid to open the door. Interesting. And I realized I had a fear of success and failure. I mean, talk about not being able to make up your mind. And I was <laughs> determined. I know, really, I couldn't. But it was Pick true. One, That's Steve. what happened. I'm going yeah. crazy trying to figure it out. So I was determined. I went on a self-help quest to better myself. And I, without exaggeration, I, I, I read almost every self-help book you could think of. I went to Tony Robbins seminars. Now, this took years. Yeah. And I started noticing this major shift started taking place within me. And my attitude and my belief system started changing and my perspective of the world started changing to the point where even my managers and my agents and my peers were saying, well, you, you're different. What's, what's going on? Yeah. What started happening then is that uh, the way the universe works, the entertainment industry, the comedy industry was so very excited about me, but something shifted. I was no longer interested in them. Mm. And uh, I decided to shift into the motivational field. And it was at a Tony Robbins seminar when I was sitting there and I was thinking about it for a while 
because and every time I mentioned it to one of my comedy peers, like Drew Carey and I had a big argument about this. Why are you doing this? You know, you're so close to making it now, and now you're going to do this. Right. And, but they didn't get what was going on in my head. And at a Tony Robbins seminar, I remember looking at him, and I just I picked up a pen, not even aware that I was doing it, and I wrote, "You can do this," and then I put it down. And then he started talking again, and I picked up the pen again, and they said, I wrote, you should do this. Mm -hmm. I put the pen down, and then finally I picked it up, and they said, you are going to do this. And that was it. That was it. That was, that, oh, that was it. Went into the motivational field. I had no idea how to do it. Didn't know anybody. Uh, but I was determined to do it. The strategies that I use to turn my life around right. are the very strategies that are in this book, and they're common sense success strategies. And I've been doing this for years, speaking to groups about it, but I finally wrote a book, and the book I wrote before this was Get Your Shift Together, which is similar <laughs> Get your to it. Shift, shift, it's very shift. It's, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. shift. Very and um, either common sense success strategies on how you can actually start your day with an unstoppable attitude to succeed. And the key is, regardless of your circumstances. Knowing what you know now, having gone through all those years of reflection um, and you know, leading up to that aha moment, what are, the, what are some of the strategies in the book that you wish you would have known then that you could have applied, that you learned after the fact? It's a great question because the fact that I was a stand-up comedian, one of the strategies was right there the whole time. What and it's it? what I call to unleash the power of your humor being uh -huh. on a daily basis. Unleash the power of your humor being. Humor being. being. Okay. And everyone has a humor being within them, everyone. Your humor being is of your higher self. It's the part of you that brings out the best in you when times are really tough. But your humor being can give you more than anything else is emotional stability. And that's what we need today when, when life is throwing crap at us a day in and day out like that. And uh, the irony in this is that you know, there I was a stand-up comedian, but I wasn't using my humor being as a tool. I was using humor as a shield to protect me from my fears, to hide my fears, to hide behind it like somebody would do if they were addicted to drugs or alcohol, which was another thing that I was having a problem with, not drugs so much as just partying a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started realizing that um, uh, life was throwing me situations that... Um, where humor had a, a positive, if not miraculous, effect on people's lives. And I know that's a very powerful word to use, miraculous, but if you think about it, what is a miracle? Nothing but a shift in perception. Right. It's taking something that you once think is totally impossible to achieve, uh, but with a shift in the way that you think and a shift in attitude, uh, that impossibility suddenly becomes possible. And what humor does, if you use it properly, it nips negative thought patterns in the bud before emotional havoc sets in. And I show people how to start their day with this attitude as soon as they wake up is by finding the laughter within you and around you. It's everywhere. Don't leave the house until you smile. At least smile about something. Uh -huh. Take that attitude with you throughout the day. And um, it, it's a funny program, as there are funny stuff in the book, and it's a common sense success strategy. Give us a little sense, Steve. How do you tap into that humor being? Because it sounds like it's really, really it, pivotal for you. And for someone who says, Steve, I don't have a sense of humor. Yeah. And you know <laughs> what? I have a being, just and, not a and you don't, being. And you don't have to have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. it's, and that's a great question, too, because I'm not asking anyone to be the comedian to tell the joke. I'm just asking you to see the humor around you. Mm -hmm. You know, when 9-11 hit, um, as that was a tragic thing that happened, and I'm, I'm very aware with things, especially when I use them as an implement it in a book or in a program. And that's why I'm always keying in on how did people survive this? How did they turn this around? And I, I never forget there was an interview in 9-11 asking these firemen uh, these questions about 
how, how are they doing? Now, if you saw this particular clip, and I bet you everyone watching the TV at that time had tears in their eyes. I know I did. It was mm -hmm. a very solemn moment. And the reporter goes up to one of the firemen who has bandages all over his head, and he's, he's in a sling, and yet he's going back in there to try and save lives. Right. And the reporter is all emotional. She said, how are you able to get the courage to go back in there in your condition? And without missing a beat, the fireman steps up and he goes, hey, lady, two things. I'm a fireman, and I'm from New York. That's all you need to know. Wow. And everyone started laughing. Powerful. Now, I grant you, that is powerful. That laughter only lasted a couple of seconds, but here's the point. Sometimes a couple of seconds is all you need mm -hmm. to catch your second wind. Right. See, that's all you need to get back in the saddle again to do what needs to be done, and humor gives you that. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great anecdote just as a... It really speaks volumes yeah. of sort of the, the power of that moment, the power of that message. There's an anecdote in the book I enjoy, you know, speaking of all these big name comics that you worked with, Steve. Uh, well, Woody Harrelson yeah. opens for you. Woody Harrelson hosted my Showtime special. Right. And uh, this was. Which is that you, have, you had a Showtime special. Yeah, yeah. Hello, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Congratulations. Thanks. He was hosting the show, and this was back in the day when he was still doing Cheers and he was still doing some movies. He started to become a pretty big star. Yeah. And um, this was a pinnacle in my career, too, because this is when I realized I beat my fears. When he came back to the green room and he said, hey, How do you want me to introduce you tomorrow night? Because we were doing a rehearsal. And I looked at him, and I didn't even think I was going to say this to him. I said, you know what, Woody? Tell them that you're going to bring up a guy that was voted least likely to succeed in his senior class in West Babylon High School. Now he's here with his own Showtime special in Atlantic City at the Sands Hotel. Amazing. And he just looked at me and he said, cool. And that's how he brought me up. Was that a pivotal moment for you? Oh, I mean, it was huge. It was sort of an aha. It, it was book, huge. You talk it, about... It was huge. It really, yeah. It, it was one of those moments where... I, yeah, and because I'm, you know, people are telling me, gee, you're different and you've changed. Uh, but when a dream that you have is right there and it's coming true, right. it's, it, it's very emotional, first of all. You know, and when I said it to him, he saw the emotion in my face when I said it because the last couple of words came out like that. And I went, whoa, wow. that was cool. Whoa. That was pretty cool. Just out of curiosity, what was it like? Did you go to your high school reunion? You know, this is the guy least likely to succeed and look at you now. I was a teacher before I did stand up. Mm -hmm. I went back to the same school that I graduated from where I was voted least likely to succeed. And became a teacher there? Yeah. Wow. And I visited the guidance counselor who told me I wasn't smart enough to go to college. Wow. And, and I did go to college. I right. graduated with a 3.8 and four different degrees. Incredible. So, there are yeah. a lot of people who don't get to go back and say, look what I did, yeah. despite what you yeah. were saying. And, and, and that's and, why your book is so important, because it's for those people exactly. who want to be able to say that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it, it concerns me, which is why I made that shift from stand-up to what I do. I wouldn't, make, I wouldn't change it for anything, because there are a lot of people hurting out there. There are a lot of people that don't know that they have the strategies to turn their lives, lives around. And another strategy in this book is... Uh, to understand the power of your thoughts. Yeah. It, it's not what happens to you, it's how you think about what happens that makes the difference uh, because your thoughts have the incredible power to either minimize or maximize the effect that that challenge has on you. And it's not your thoughts in and of themselves that gives them great power, it's what your thoughts create. And this is what happened to me. Your thoughts create the beliefs that you have. The beliefs that we all have about anything in our lives, be it religion, the economy, race, sex, uh, um, uh, place that you work, the people you work with, the beliefs that people are formulating about me in the few moments that they're watching me, those beliefs are formulated over a period of time through a consistent way of thinking. And if you're raised with a negative thought process, as I was, mm -hmm. 
If you're saying I'm not good enough, I'm yeah. not smart enough, this isn't going to work, and you're told that you're not smart enough to go to college and you, you're voted least likely to succeed, you might laugh about it then, but you take those labels into your adult life, those beliefs, sure. and they mold the direction for every choice and action that you take. Right, you carry it with you. Yeah. And whether so, you want to believe it or not, it's there you know, subconsciously, absolutely. perhaps consciously, perhaps absolutely. And, and like this, that's why this book and the, and the program is good for so many different groups. People say, what kind of groups do you do you speak for? And I say every kind of group because these strategies are the foundation that mm -hmm. I believe everyone has to build their careers on and their personal lives yeah. on. Because if you have a strong foundation, anything can go wrong, but you can always rebuild on a strong foundation. And that's a good point. I mean, this book, it's in terms of target readers for every personal, personal capacity, professional capacity. Absolutely. What's a small nugget you can give us? You have to become aware. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do what I do. Because you can't fix something unless you know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Right. And there are people, unfortunately, that will go through their entire lives never realizing the capacity that they had, that their dreams are right there. You can have all of the talent in the world, and I, which is what happened to me. Everyone kept saying, you're going to be the next guy in my comedy career. You're going to be the next one. You're going to be right. the next one. Everyone could believe it, but if you don't, you're not going anywhere. So did you not believe it? Yeah. No, I didn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked a little didn't. bit about... I had know, an attitude, thought I was cool, and everyone yeah. said, how could you not believe in yourself? You were always so confident. But not not, not when I was by myself, I wasn't. What was the root of it? Do you think it was just a, your childhood? People telling it's you, these you, labels. you can't? It's these labels. Hmm. And plus being raised in a family where, uh, uh, as great as my mom and dad were, they, they passed on years ago, mm -hmm. but they were from the old school, and everything is, oh my God, what's going to happen now? And, uh, and uh, they always saw the glasses... Sometimes they didn't even see the glass, it's half <laughs> empty or half, wow. you know. They looked at it from a, not such a healthy perspective. And one of the keys that really, really turned my life around was my, uh, uh, my brother Michael, who was 100% disabled from the Vietnam War. Mm. He's the only man in medical history that ever survived that wound. Wow. And it's important to say to you that, um, to make a very long story short, uh, he was given up. They didn't think he was going to make it at all. He shouldn't be alive today. Yeah. And, uh, we sat down and we figured out what it was that helped him to survive. And those very tools that I used to turn my life around were the very tools that he used. And, and some of those tools are to make a conscious choice to enjoy yourself during the rebuilding process, mm -hmm. to find the laughter in between and during the tough times, mm -hmm. to, uh, um, as I said, understand the power of your thoughts and, and how to push yourself to move forward. Yeah, you talk about elevating you know, these shifts, these elevations of your degrees of happiness, but you know, the book really has specific, it's a real great step-by-step uh, you know, -step process. Yeah. Very, very user-friendly, very, very easy to understand, no matter you know, the type of motivation you need. Um, Steve, I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what's the greatest motivation of all? Uh, being connected to a higher part of yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not meant to be in a, a religious, every, everybody has a higher part of themselves. You can call it God, you can call it the force, you can call it the light, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, but this higher part of yourself is always telling you what's missing and you always know what's missing by the attitude that you have about life. And, and if you can be aware of that and acknowledge that, the answers can, can really come forth in a very powerful way. Uh, one of the problems that I think a lot of people have in the workplace is that they, their jobs own them, especially high achievers, you know, CEOs, C-suite people. Mm -hmm. um, they get so caught up in their jobs that uh, jobs become who they are. Right. And by doing that, they neglect 
uh, a very valued, if not sacred, part of themselves. And this part that they're neglecting could very well be the missing ingredients that make up the recipe of their lives. Sure. And it's just a matter, and I show people how to get motivated to that part of their lives, to step away from the, the hustle and bustle, because sometimes we get so caught up in trying to make a living, we forget what it's like to live. Right, well, there's a live to work or work to live. Exactly, right. exactly. So I, I show them in this book how crucial it is to get motivated in those other valued or sacred mm -hmm. parts of yourself. You're not neglecting your job, if anything, you're recharging your motivational battery mm -hmm. to uh, get in tune with that stuff so that when you do go back to work, you are so energized and quite often uh, uh, insights to problems and solutions come to you a lot quicker. Yeah. And I, I had to force myself to do this, but it works and it's called my time. And everyone has their own time, their own things that they can do to break away, even just for moments at a time. Uh, the things that I consider to be beneficial for my time could be very boring to you and to everyone else, but to me, they're crucial right. for making up the recipe of my life. Yeah. And it hits you as you're getting older and you get to a well, point. I think perspective is a big part of it. Oh my God, yeah. yeah, because you get to a point, and I know a lot of people who have tons of money, incredibly wealthy, own the houses, and they're, they're considered the best in their circle, but, but the bottom line is this, and I've seen it way too often, uh, if you're not happy, you're not successful. Right. And if you're having a tough time enjoying yourself during the process of achieving your goals, you're ripping yourself off and <laughs> there's enough people out there willing to do that for you. Yeah, and I think also what you said is really important because you, know, you have people, you could just you get caught up in the hustle bustle, you get caught up in that shadow of yep. success, yep. and then you're afraid to motivate yourself to step out of that shadow and step outside of that comfort zone, which is why this is so important even though you're successful. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So and many of these lessons can be applied. Exactly, and it's one of the reasons why we get stressed out because we know something's missing. Right. To some people, it's just a matter of taking those couple of moments that they used to take to meditate or to watch a sunrise, to watch a sunset, or to take off in the afternoon, just go for a walk by yourself, or not to eat while you're on your break, or whatever it may be, or just to take the weekend off without bringing everything with you. And technology has done that to us. Mm -hmm. Because now it helps us, we can do more, but now that we have technology, we think more has to be done. Right. because we have the, the capability of doing it. And we do these things to ourselves without realizing we're neglecting these sacred parts of ourselves. All of that said, Steve, we're out of time. There's so much to get to, but the book is it's incredible. What do you think is the biggest takeaway? Let people know that um, the key to staying motivated is to make sure that you're feeling good during the process of whatever it is you're trying to achieve because feeling good is the fuel that drives motivation. Mm. And it's your choice and your responsibility. And you have to know that you have what it takes within you to do some research to help yourself to find the things that will make you feel better. And it's usually your thought process. It's usually what you're thinking of, what you're focusing on. If you could shift your focus and your way of thinking to the things that are working in your life rather than fixating what isn't working and be grateful for what you have rather than cursing what you don't have, life becomes a lot easier and what you're doing there is that you're creating a healthier habit. You think? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so you're saying focus on the journey. Focus the journey. on the journey. Some people, so oh, many people focus on the destination. Oh, it's the journey. It's the biggest sin you could ever commit to yourself. Right. The journey is where your life unfolds. Right. It's where you. That's where you. You. This is where you become the person that you are. Right. And most people say to themselves, "I'll be happy when." It's the biggest disease in the workplace. I'll right. be happy when I happy achieve the goal. When, right. I'll be happy when I make more money. I'll be happy when I get respect. I'll be happy when I get here. Such an interesting, I'll be happy when. No, it's, exactly. it's the no, it's route now. to when, so it's, it's great. Uh, Steve, the book is terrific. We could go on and on and on. Um, but, you know, this is based on all, you know, true stories, true life. Um, and it's really interesting and just the transition from becoming 
you know, least likely to succeed yep. to a stand-up comedy professional, to a motivational speaker. It's a great story. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. And, and what I, I'd like to say, what, what I really like about the book is that it's, it doesn't matter what business you're in, what occupation you have, what your description is. This book is, is for salespeople and, and business people of all kinds. And it'll just give you the tools to create different habits to give you a more s successful, healthier life. No doubt. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. And if you'd like more information on the book, just go to our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterville. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.